Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today we talk to A's manager Bob Melvin about getting the season up and running and what's going to be involved in that. I started off our conversation by asking him about the top challenges a manager will face in the new normal of a pandemic. Well, I think you're going to have to be extremely flexible because you can create timetables, but they're going to change along the way. I mean, just just setting up the Coliseum for, you know, the protocols that we have to go through could take upwards to a week. And um, so any set timetables right now you have to be able to adjust to, you know, whether it's a day or two later than July 1st, I think maybe some teams will even be on different schedules depending on when they can get their their ballparks ready so it's just the unknown i think that that uh creates the most uh, anxiety when you're trying to prepare and you're trying to put schedules together and you're trying to create uh something that leads up to you know to the season so we're going to have to be able to adjust and adjust on the fly and i think our staff's pretty good about that when it comes to things early on, um, when you, when the team starts working out, it sounds as if workouts will have to be staggered. How do you go about that? Do you do you wind up having to stay all day long theoretically yourself? Do you d- to divide things up with the coaches? Is uh, is this one of those kind of learning on the fly situations? Right, we're we're trying to put together some sort of a template right now for that. Um, <laughs> You know, we'll do whatever we have to do. And, and you know, the, definitely the workouts will be staggered. You know, there'll be a group probably early, a group a little later. There might be three groups at a particular time. I think we probably start with the pitchers and catchers. And then after a few days, work in the position players. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to create a lot of different, similar to spring training, a lot of different areas to, to get work done. Um, but knowing that you have to socially distance and, and knowing you only have one ballpark to do it. So, um, yes, I, I think there's a chance that we could, as far as the coaching staff goes, be out there for a while, but at the end of the day, what else do we have to do, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, how much do you look at what Korea has been doing? And I, obviously your good friend Matt Williams is over there. Have you been paying attention? Have you talked to him, other people that have, have been participating overseas? I have. And that's that's the you know, that's kind of the silver lining, because whereas you're seeing a lot of new cases and you'll see a lot of sports teams getting together and guys are positive, um, you know, the 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 positive is looking at what Korea is doing and, and, you know, the steps that they've taken and how they've been able to to play as many games as they have. And. And the one underlying factor in talking to Matt and, and looking at that situation is that the players have been really disciplined. You know, they, they go to the hotel or they go wherever they're staying, they go to the ballpark and they realize for a period of time that, that you, you know, you have to be cognizant of the fact that you've got to stay away and you've got to be socially distanced if we're going to be able to get this thing in. And, you know, we'll, we'll have that conversation with our guys. I already have with a few Um but the, the the most important thing for us is is to stay as socially distant as we possibly can because once we get started, the last thing we want to see is is having to stop for something. So I think it's the discipline of of you know staying away and and knowing that the most important thing is is getting out there and playing baseball and trying to getting a season in. 
you're, you're kind of famously a germaphobe. How, how comfortable are you with getting things back up and running, considering that cases are uh, you know, going up in some areas and including some areas where there are major league teams that, that are based? Yeah, you know, it's going to be in the back of everybody's mind that the potential is there. Even if you're disciplined in what you're doing, that you're going to have some positive cases. And we know there probably will be. You're already seeing it. So, um, I, you know what, I, I, I'm pretty good about washing my hands. And we've always had Purell on our bench. And I'm not 100% certain how the dugout is going to look, whether it's everybody's going to be six feet away. I'm guessing you're going to have to have masks on. That's the way it sounds right now. So, you do the best you can with it um, and and take it to, to different levels. So, you know, there's certain guys that, that realize and always have kind of that, that uh, you know, this is just kind of the way you are. And some of the guys that, that haven't been that way, you see some of the handshakes and so forth of the past, those are going to be out and, and guys aren't going to be able to do stuff like that. So certain guys will be, it'll be easier for and certain guys will be more difficult. What do you feel like are going to be the hardest things to enforce? You know, they've talked about things like spitting and uh, guys not at uh, pitchers, especially not licking their fingers before they grip the ball. What, what sort of things do you think might, might be toughest? Those are two right there. But I, I you know, I, how do you enforce them? I mean, the awareness, obviously, you know, when guys go out there and play and we'll have, you know, the workouts leading up to it that you kind of get used to those type of things. But, you know, in, in the heat of the moment when you're playing baseball, everything comes to you pretty naturally and instinctively. So those are things you're going to have to work past. But I think once you get into this environment and there's no people in the stands and there's a lot of things that you you, you, you haven't seen before, guys will acclimate a little bit quicker based on the fact that, you know, it's just a different world right now and a different way we're going to have to go about it. How do you create a sense of uh, team cohesion, um, camaraderie, when there will be physical distancing and masks and no fist bumps, no handshakes, things like that? I don't know yet. Um, you know, it's, it's all kind of work in progress. And even, you know, I have a few things, obviously, I want to say to our team, um, but that's probably going to have to be in waves to start, too. And, and, you know, you like to have everybody together when you when you have meetings about important stuff and, and whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, what's going on in the world today too, we'll have discussions about those things too. Um, at some point in time, we'll be able to get our entire group together and a little bit, be a little bit easier on me to, to give your message. Um, but at the start, you know, I'll probably have a speech that I normally give one time and I probably have going to have to do it three or four times. So uh, it's just acclimating to the world we live in right now. Are you anticipating having all your players available, or do you imagine that you might have an at-risk player or somebody with a loved one at home who is at risk who maybe opts out? I know we have some guys, you know, particularly Jake uh, Diekman, who's who who's has his own share of, of stuff he's dealing with. I haven't talked to him yet. I'm actually going to call him today. Um, I, I at, at this point, it doesn't sound like we have anybody that, that you know, is, is not going to play. Again, I have not talked to Jake, but we do have, you know, Chad Pender's going to have a baby in September. Um, so there's there's ramifications for that, too. But uh, based on my conversations with the guys so far, our guys are just eager to try to get back on the field and, and, and play baseball. So I don't I don't expect anything to this point. Now, at least initially, there will be expanded rosters. They kind of trimmed down to uh, tw- the expected uh, going into this season, 26 after 
28 days, but how do you envision maybe using that expanded roster? Um, you know, three catchers is always something I know you like. It seems like there, there might be a opportunity to do that there. Well, well, we have some, you know, we were going to have some really tough decisions to make toward the end of camp. So I'm glad that we'll be able to, to, to stick with 30, you know, to, to start with, you know, the Mateos and the Barretos and the machines. And then these, some of these guys we're going to have to make some difficult decisions with to get to 26. Now we're able to carry them at least for a little while and, and buy some more time to see how it works. Um, whether it's a third catcher or not, I'm not sure. Uh, certainly the pitching situation is something when you go into, you know, after a short spring, you want to make sure you have plenty of pitching. So, um, you know, our front office already has kind of put, put some names on paper as far as what the 30 may look like. And um, like I said, I'm glad it's 30 to start because we, we might have lost a couple of, of key guys down the road for us. And we'll see how that transpires as the season goes along. So I'm glad we're starting with 30. You're listening to my conversation with A's manager Bob Melvin on A's Plus. I also have a story about our talk at sfchronicle.com. You can get full digital access for less than a dollar at sfchronicle.com slash pod. We'll be back with more in just a moment. What are your feelings about some of the rule changes um, that are in in the agreement, um, particularly the you know, runner at second uh, to start extra innings, which is, is obviously something you don't usually see outside of, say, youth baseball? Well, I think if, if there's ever time to do an experiment with those things, it's it's now. You don't want to play 15 and 16 inning games. It looks like there's going to be very few days off. Um, and then, you know, you, you look at that runner on second base scenario you know if if Jorge Mateo is not in a game he's a pretty easy guy to run out there in that spot you know you can you can uh, replace the whoever made the last out or whatever and and have a guy like that so you know we're we're looking at different scenarios and in the in the different rule changes right now but again I think if there's ever a time that you want to experiment with stuff like that it's right now because there's going to be so much change that, uh, you know, a couple other instances and some rule changes really won't seem as impactful. Now, um, one of the other things that really doesn't affect you guys too much, except for when you're playing National League teams in National League parks, but they obviously will be adopting the DH, at least for this season, as a former National League player yourself. How, how do you feel about uh, the DH in the National League this year? Yeah, I think this year you almost have to because, you know, we're going to play our division, we're going to play the West. Um, and not a ton of time for these pitchers to get ready. And it's, it's difficult enough getting them ready. It's even more difficult having them hit and do some other things and, and ramping up that much quicker. So I think that'll be universally accepted. Whether or not that happens down the road, I, I've always liked the difference. Uh, the American League with the DH and the National League with the pitcher hitting. So, you know, if, if it does or it doesn't, it just – really not not a whole lot of sweat off my back but I, I think it's it's the right thing to do right now because it's just another area that you're going to have to get some guys ready and you, you want to stay with, away from injuries as much as you possibly can now, your team has sort of um, famously the last few years uh, and really the, the A's in, in general over the years have had trouble coming out of the gate quick it's a sort of notoriously slow starting team that gets hot in the second half how do you avoid that this year because well, I know it's it, slow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I had my first spring training speech. I, I had that discussion. Um, 
and and it's so it's going to apply now but you know i've talked for a couple years now about everybody coming together now so you know we have our best position player prospects here and they've been here for a couple years now we have guys like marcus and ken and piscotti and chris davis who who've been our who are veteran guys right now and now you're seeing our younger pitchers here at the right at, at the you know at this time too so i think we have our best roster from day one where typically that doesn't happen with us we make adjustments along the way we bring up some young players who are playing well we demote some guys that aren't uh it seems to have come all together for us right now at an important time for us to get off to a good start so i don't think anybody's going to be dwelling on the fact that you know okay after so much time we, we make some adjustments i think we have all our best guys here right now and, and we will from the beginning so i don't think that's going to be an issue for us what does the short season do for your pitching staff particularly when you've got some starters who may in a regular season uh, uh, you know 162 games might have been you know had some limitations on innings or at least a little extra caution like aj puck Jesus Lazardo, Shamanaya. What does this do for you with with just a two month season? Means the reins are off. That we can let these guys go, and there won't be innings limits. Now you're gonna have to be careful early on. And I know a lot of our guys have been throwing, and and you know I think our starters will will, will probably be ahead of the relievers once we get there. So um, I, I I am I'm I'm glad that we're not gonna have to look at these inning limits because that's very difficult to do. Um, you know, store it out a certain way and then have to make some adjustments and, and take care of your guys along the way because, you know, you don't want to throw too much after uh, one season when they're young and it affects going forward. But that's kind of all out the window right now with, with only a 60-game schedule and only, you know, 10 to 12 starts for starting pitchers. So um, that's, that's one less thing we have to worry about. What, what does a short season do in general to to the whole essentially league? Does it does it give everybody sort of an even playing field with expanded rosters and presumably teams that were dealing with injuries? A lot of those guys now are are healthy. How how do you look at this overall in baseball with a essentially just a sprint to the finish? Right, and baseball has been known for you know obviously for being a marathon sport. Um, it's not going to be the case, but it's the same playing field for everybody. So. You know, you, you want to get off to a good start. If you go through a really bad period of 10, 12, 15 games, that can cost you. So, you know, usually the, the cream rises to the crop. I mean, the cream rises to the top when you're playing 162 games. Um, it may give everybody, uh, you know, a chance to, to be in the postseason just after 60 games. Look at the Nationals record last year after 50 games. They probably wouldn't have been in in the postseason. So there's some urgency to it right away. And I've often said that teams play different down the stretch the last two months of the season because they see the finish line and there's more urgency to play better uh, and, and knowing kind of where you are more so than, you know, if you're in a slump in May, it really doesn't, you know, matter that much. But I think uh, you'll start you, – teams will, will look at the season as if you are already in August and there is a finish line uh, there and, and guys play differently. It's just the way it is when, when there's more urgency. So, um, you know, I, I pro- I'd probably be better about answering this when the season's over and I, I can tell you how it played out, but those are just my instincts right now. 
some teams are, are talking about potentially having fans in the stands, particularly in areas where uh, events are allowed, say Texas. Does that give the two Texas teams in the division any sort of advantage potentially if they've got fans and sitting in the stands and everyone else does not? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I really don't. I, I, I'm hoping that if we come, if, there, if there's a vaccine at some point, you know, maybe towards the end and maybe towards the postseason. And once they figure out maybe how to, to configure the, the ballparks to get some people in the stands. Um, but I, I, I don't know how that would play out. And I, I don't know that it would be fair right away if, if there were certain teams that were allowed to, to have fans and certain teams that didn't. You know, there's, for, for, you know, there's revenue. There's a bunch of different things that, that gives you an advantage. I would hope that they would uniform that yeah. and, and not allow teams – you know, some teams to have fans and some teams not. So uh, that's probably something they're looking at. But I think the hope is toward the end of the season um, that, that there are some fans in the stands, especially in the postseason when it gets a little bit more exciting. Do you consider this a, a representative season with just a 60-game regular season? I mean, how, how will this season be viewed once it's over and, and how will the eventual champion be viewed? <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, you know what? The, the, the great thing about it is everybody has the same amount of games, and it's an even playing field for everybody. Uh, it is what it is. It's going to be a, a shortened season that's probably going to have some sort of an asterisk, obviously, without 162 games. But uh, it's still teams competing against teams on the field. And, you know, we'll have a better idea once we get we go along. But for us, and I think most teams, there aren't going to be any excuses. I don't think anybody's going to say, oh, you know, you know, we were built for 162. That's why we didn't play well. Uh, I don't think there'll, there'll be any excuses like that. I think you just deal with what you have to deal with, and that means 60 games, and, and, and there's urgency from game one on. Perfect. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us on A's Plus. A's manager, Bob Melvin. My pleasure. Our thanks again to Bob Melvin for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We will be back again next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening.